0: one and oddly now that he was government property uncle sam stood to lose about a half a million dollars and lost taxes each year that private presley was in the army and 1980 Capitol records released some rare beatles tracks included in the album were stereo versions of penny lane and she loves you sung by the group in german that's a look at today in history i'm george zahn along with mike martini
1: Thank you, George. And now let's check on uh, your weather forecast from the National Weather Service. Partly cloudy skies this evening. Increasing cloudiness late tonight with a low tonight around 48 degrees. Then tomorrow, widespread showers, a 100% chance of rain with a high tomorrow uh, around 60 degrees. Then that rain will move through uh, tomorrow night. And then Friday, back to sunshine again and a high... Around 50 degrees, so a little bit cooler on Friday. Saturday sunny with a high back around 60 degrees. Checking on traffic real quick here. We do have uh, an accident on uh, Millsbrae at Robertson, also northbound 75's ramp to westbound 74, and northbound, west northbound at Colerain, an accident. Good news the traffic lights that were malfunctioning Sharon Road at 75 have been repaired. Right now, 64 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Stay tuned for Real Life Real Estate Investing coming up next.
0: Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox.
2: Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, the nation's no hype public radio show for real estate investors at all levels of knowledge and experience. And today is question and answer week. I know, I know it's confusing because usually it's the last Wednesday of the month and usually there's five, win- there's a, there's happen to be five Wednesdays this month. But I had a guest that couldn't come this week, could only come next week, that you really needed to hear from. So we're doing Q&A day today. And although I have caught you all off guard, I need your questions. I need your questions about any aspect of real estate investing. And I need them sent to me at askvina at gmail.com or called in at 877-772-9658 between now and about uh, 10 minutes until 6 eastern standard time without questions there is no show there's just this wait that's right that's not pleasant is it just that just that 3 or 4 seconds of silence sounded to you all like like you wanted to like make sure the radio was working right so questions at eight seven 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 two nine six five eight, or at askvina at com would be most welcome if you're in the greater cincinnati area please mark your calendar for the thursday april 1st real estate investors association of cincinnati meeting have a great early meeting with jen griffin who is a local social media expert who's going to talk about How to use Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and Meetup and all those cool free services to promote your buying, selling or rental business. And uh, the main meeting is just one that every real estate investor needs to hear because on April the 22nd, the new lead paint rules go into effect. And they are pretty strict folks uh like if you're gonna be doing anything to more than six feet of painted surface, six square feet of so like a two by three area, you have to have like a certified lead person come in and do that work, and uh they have to do all kinds of things like mask the rest of the area and it's really and they have to wear special clothes and uh it's really it's really kind of heinous, and all of those new regulations and the reason for them are going to be discussed at the April 1st RIA of Cincinnati meeting. All are welcome. You can get more information at com or at 859-292-7342. The penalties for not doing what you're supposed to do, by the way, are even more heinous cash penalties in the five-figure range. So... Uh, please attend that meeting so that you can be up to date and be doing what you need to do according to the law you can become a fan of real life real estate investing at real life dot com yes it requires a Facebook account but join the more than like 50 million people throughout the world who have Facebook accounts And then become a fan of Real Life Real Estate Investing. You'll be joining over 3,600 other fans there. And you will get a reminder each week that the program is coming up. What the topic is, and how you, of course, can ask questions. We also welcome your suggestions for show topics there at Real Real com. And um, although it now appears that we are never going to overtake bacon in the total number of fans, uh, we are still, you know, we're number two and we try harder. But become a that's right bacon's got like a million fans now i just had no idea that it was such a popular horrible smoke nasty meat it's question and answer week on real life real estate investing which means this is your opportunity to ask any question you like about any aspect of real estate Um, but you gotta actually send it here or i can't answer it you can do that by emailing it to askvina at com, or by calling it in at 877-772-9658. Or if you're in the greater Cincinnati area, just call the 772-9658 and we will... Uh Answer your I will answer your questions personally. How how often do you get that that opportunity? Well, once a month. But you're gonna have to wait a whole another month if you don't do it now. Seven seven two nine six five eight eight seven 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 two nine six five eight or ask at gmail.com. dot Have a question from Steve in Chicago. He says I'm in a night, tight spot with a negative cash flow property. Any creative ideas for being able to hold on to the property? through the downturn. Selling right now is not an option since there's a tenant in it. Is there any way I might be able to pitch this to an investor to help me with my part of the overhead costs? I also co-own this property with a business partner who is able to afford his part, but I am fast exhausting any reserves on my end. Well, Steve, um, a couple of suggestions. You You did not tell me Uh, How much this property might be worth, how much you owe on it and how much your monthly payments are and how much you're getting for rent. In other words, I don't know the numerical details here, but uh, a couple of suggestions would be, number one, if you're in a tight spot with your negative cash flow because your interest rate is higher than current rates, which are for investors about five and a quarter percent, on Fannie Mae loans or because it is adjusted because it's an adjustable rate loan you might want to call your bank and have this conversation with them and say look here's the deal I'm negative cash flowing on this property I can prove it to you I am running out of reserves on my end and if we don't uh, get this rate adjusted get this loan modified at least temporarily I am not going to be able to make the payments and you all are going to own this rental property Um, there there are a lot of folks uh, doing that right now and uh, many of them are having success with it Um, you know ask the bank to lower the rate to whatever rate you can currently afford and just fix it there for you know two years three years four years something like that until as you say the downturn um, stops being a downturn Uh, the fact that it has a tenant it does not mean that you cannot sell it and if a new buyer coming in with a Fannie Mae loan and 20% down could make that property cash flow with a tenant in it. You can you can sell it as a turnkey rental property. Um, the alternative of, of of trying to bring in yet another person you've already got one partner uh, to cover the the negative on this uh, probably isn't going to work as as you stated it, which is third person comes in pays out of pocket every month until things turn around. uh, You might be able to sell your interest in it if there is a lot of equity uh, to someone who would be willing to jump in and start making those negative payments until the thing turns around. However, uh, you will walk away from whatever you have invested in the property at that point. So uh, those are my suggestions. Good luck and uh, let, let me know what happens with it. Uh, Let's see. Larry in Baltimore says, uh, thanks for coming to the MA session. I was up in Baltimore a month or so ago, uh, just um, hung out with some investors from up there. He says, "Uh, you mentioned that you could sell a property and get the $8,000 tax credit from the buyer. Will you explain how that is done? Uh, Yes, Larry, I will give you the the brief rundown of how that is done. I believe that if you go to iTunes, you will find a podcast of a program that we did here last year uh, that that describes it in more detail. We spent the whole hour on it. Uh, But basically, what you want to do is you want to sell the property using a land contract. That was what we were talking about when I when I mentioned this. And Make the down payment on the land contract the tax credit when it arrives. Okay, so uh, you live in Baltimore, let's say it's a $150,000 property that would qualify the buyer for the full $8,000 because it's actually $8,000 or 10% of the sales price, whichever is less. And uh, before you sign any documentation with them, you want to get a, a, a an IRS form called 2848, which is a power of attorney, which allows you or you, or the power of attorney that you choose, and I would suggest that you choose someone like an accountant who's not you, uh, to call the IRS, make sure that the folks are in fact qualified for the tax credit in the sense that they don't owe back taxes, they don't owe child support, they don't owe money on student loans. Then you sign the claim contract, and it says the the House is being sold for 150, the buyer is making an 8000 dollars down payment upon arrival of the tax credit and then the pay- therefore the payments are such and so. You turn in the land contract, a HUD one that you can also download from the internet that you filled out, and uh, a form to refile the buyer's taxes to get the credit. And as part of that Form 2848, you have that power of attorney appointed, and the check goes to the power of attorney, not to the buyer. If you don't use that Form 2848, the check's going to go to the buyer, and I've been hearing from students all over the country that when that happens, the buyer suddenly mysteriously forgets that he owes that money to you, and it disappears. So you want it to go to the power of attorney, the power of attorney then receives it 12 to 16 weeks later, it's taken that long to get him, and uh, calls you up and says, Larry, we've got the, the tax credit, you receive it, you call up the buyer, you say, let's go down to the bank and have you sign this over to me. And there's your down payment. So that is the uh, the down and dirty version of how you can receive that tax credit. Now, of course, we only have a little over 30 more days to do this because the um, the uh, first time homebuyer tax credit expires in April and the property has to be under contract by April 30th and closed by June 30th. So there you go, Larry. And thank you for your question. It's question and answer week on real life, real estate investing. We're taking your questions at askvina at gmail.com or at 877-772-9658. We'll be back right after this.
1: Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859-292-7342. Checking on traffic right now. We have an accident northbound 75, the ramp to... Actually, uh, it's north of Hopple Street, so northbound 75 north of Hopple Street. The right lane is blocked. And then another accident, Millsbray at Robertson, and of course delays in the usual spots. Forecast tonight, cloudy skies, uh, increasing cloudiness late tonight. Low around 48 degrees for tomorrow. Showers widespread, uh, off and on, 100% chance, a high of 55 Then on Friday, sunny, but uh, much cooler, high near 50, but we'll be back up into the 60s on Saturday, and then another chance of rain on Sunday. So it's like every two days of sun, one day of rain. It's the kind of the pattern it's going to be for a while. Right now, it's 64 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV.
0: The Sycamore Senior Center is proud to support programming on WMKV, providing services to older adults in 16 communities. The Sycamore Senior Center is located in Blue Ash at 4455 Carver Woods Drive. More information for the Sycamore Senior Center is available at 984-1234. That's 984-1234 or on their website at mkcommunities.org.
2: Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and it is question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate. How often do you get the chance to just ask any old question you want about real estate investing and have it answered immediately and personally and live just once a month and this is the day Eight seven 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 two nine six five eight 772 9658 or askbina at gmail.com um, okay that's not a, that's not a real estate question i thought it was um, uh, jerry from joppa maryland says thanks for stopping by maria last night um, question does an option fee from a tenant buyer go toward the credit off the tenant buyer's purchase price of the property. Uh yes, Jerry, um typically and by typically I mean I've never seen it not, uh whatever the tenant buyer pays up front in the way of option fee is your money. So if he if he moves out without buying, you get to keep it, but if he buys the property, it is deducted from his purchase price. So again, let's use that fictionalized $150,000 property in Baltimore. And say that you had a tenant buyer that put down $5,000. If he does not buy the property like he said he was going to, you get to keep it. If he does buy the property like he said he was going to, he only owes you $145,000 when he does that. So thank you for your question, Jerry. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, these long, long questions. Uh, I'm gonna come back to that one after I've had a chance to look at it during the break. Uh, Mary in Cincinnati says we are looking at a house that is a for sale by owner and can't seem to get a response. We know the woman owe, owes ten thousand dollars or more in taxes. We would like to approach her before the foreclosure happens. How do we figure out how much to offer her for the home? Other homes are on the market for two hundred to two twenty two, but are not selling. Uh, Well, Mary, you don't mention here whether you are looking at this home for yourself or for an investment property, because it makes a big difference in terms of what you can offer. Um, If it's your own home, obviously, you just don't want to pay more than retail price. If it is an investment property, you want to pay retail price minus about 30% of retail price for your profit and holding costs and finance costs and so on, minus any repairs that the property might need. Uh, the fact that she owes a lot in taxes does not affect you because your net offer is going to be what your net offer is. And she has to figure out how to pay the taxes from that. Now in that price range, I would figure she would have enough money left over to pay the taxes. Um, the fact that other homes are on the market for 200 to 220,000 dollars but are not selling does not tell me what the property is worth. However, it tells me what the property is not worth. It's not worth 200 to 220,000 dollars. The easiest way to find the what what we what we call the quick sale price, which is what would a house sell for in 30 days or less if you put it on the market, is not to look at the active listings, but to look at the pending and sold listings what properties have sold quickly or gone pending quickly and at what price and that pretty much tells you what the house is actually worth in today's market if you don't have access to uh, pending list to, to let, let me let me say it a different way real estate agents are the only ones who have access to the pending listings because those are only in the mls once a property is sold, of course, the sale price appears any number of places. It appears at the uh, the courthouse, uh, in the courthouse records, in you know, Zillow.com, HouseValues.com. There's a million of those free websites out there that will help you comp properties. Um, the downside of those is, of course, they don't tell you how many days they were on the market. Only a real estate agent can tell you that. But it will give you some idea of what houses are selling for. Uh, you want to approach her before the foreclosure and she's not responding, I would suggest that you do something kind of scary, which is you go knock on her door, because my guess is she kind of knows she needs to sell the house, but she is in big time sort of avoidance mode and It may take you showing up on her doorstep and saying, we really want to buy this house and we couldn't get a hold of you and we were just wondering. I mean, you have a sign in the front yard. Is it really for sale? We'd really like to talk to you about it and sitting down and talking to her about it. So uh, thank you very much for your question, Mary, and good luck in uh, buying that house for yourself. It's Real Life Real Estate Investing. Our numbers here in the studio are 877-772-9658. If you're just joining us, it's Question and Answer Week, which means I need your questions. I don't I don't just want them. I'm not just anxious to answer them. I need your questions, or there is no show, ladies and gentlemen. The email address, if you'd like to send them via email, is askvina at gmail.com. And um Anything that you want to know that is uh, that is uh, real estate related, I will be happy to try to answer them for you. Uh, there's something that uh, those of you in the state of Ohio, particularly who are looking for private money in various ways, really ought to take a look at because it gives you a real clear idea of what the Ohio Securities Commission thinks of you as someone who borrows private money, if you'll go to their website at conartist.ohio.gov, conartist.ohio.gov, you'll see that the Securities Commission is running a series of radio, TV, and print ads um, warning people off of making investments with folks that they don't know, etc., and the specific example that they that they use over and over in these ads is somebody saying, I invited you to a lunch promising you guaranteed returns in an unusual investment. And what you didn't know about me is that I'm going to steal all of your money. Boy, that'll make a good clip for somebody to take out, won't it, Mike? Like, that'll be like up on the internet, Venus saying, oh, I'm a con artist and I'm going to steal your money. <laughs> Just take that uh-huh. one, one little clip out and... Yeah. So anyway, uh, go check that out because uh, the Securities Commission has become extremely aggressive about pursuing anyone who is advertising for private money. And that means on Craigslist, on your website, uh, anything like that, uh, who does not have the proper disclosures and so on filed with the state. And now they're advertising against you because of course if you're offering a high rate of return in private money there just must be something wrong with what you're doing Uh, we have got to do something about this folks we have got to approach the state securities commissions and talk to them about being much clearer about what we need to do to be operating within the law because it is very very difficult to work that out Um, I, i know people who have spent tens of thousands of dollars with attorneys trying to figure out what they can and cannot do. And the the laws are so vague and the bureaucratic regulations are so ginormous. I mean, they just go on and on and on and on and on and they contradict themselves. And what we need is a, is a clear path that we can follow that says, if I do this thing, this thing, this thing, and this thing, then I am legally allowed to advertise, raise, borrow, whatever private money but until that happens uh guess what we are um we're being picked on because when they talk about people doing these lunches they of course mean real estate investors amongst other people i'm sure but it isn't pretty so uh yeah just go to that uh that website conartist.ohio.gov and you'll see exactly what i'm talking about got a question here from Jacqueline who doesn't say where she is from but this seems to indicate that it is Cincinnati since it's a 513 area code Uh, she says I have a question on my parents home my parents had a home in both their names my dad passed and so I got the home into my mother's name only I want to be on the deed with my mom but the issue is that she is sick and receiving Medicaid Will that affect her assistance if I put the house in my name too? I am just afraid that if something happens to her, the house will go to the government. I asked a lawyer, and she said the best thing for me to do is sell it. What would you advise? Thank you for all your help. Well, Jacqueline, um, the whole there there is a an, an actual legal specialty in Medicaid law, and you need to find a Medicaid attorney who can guide you through this because this advice of just sell it, I think, is bad advice because in in the and again, I'm not an attorney. I'm just telling you what my experience has been in dealing with sellers who are in the situation that you're in, is that if they sell the house, Medicaid takes most of the money. They, they only allow the, the, the seller to have just a little bit of money. And so it's like useless. I mean, they, they, they just take it, you know, and, and now you don't have a house. So you need to talk to a Medicaid attorney, because I know that there are uh, trusts that can be set up to protect assets from Medicaid. Now, whether or not there's enough equity here to bother to do that, I don't know, but um, they can, they can help you with that. Uh, I don't believe that put it, that uh, having your mother deed it partly to you is going to affect things from the Medicaid standpoint But it could potentially be a taxable event on your side, uh, depending on how much else your mom has given you and how big her estate is altogether. I guess what I'm telling you is you need to talk to an attorney who really understands your specific situation um, and just look for a Medicaid attorney because I'm telling you there are people who do nothing but that. Okay. And thank you very much for your question. And uh, please keep listening to real life real estate investing and uh, good luck with the situation. It's question and answer week. You got to give me a call at 772 in the greater Cincinnati area or 877 772 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Program support on WMKV comes from the Taft Museum of Art. Now on view. Dutch Utopia: American Artists in Holland, 1880 to 1914, with works by William Merritt Chase, John Singer Sargent, John Twachtman, and Elizabeth Nurse. More information at TaftMuseum.org. Well, all of a sudden, in
1: traffic, uh, I-75 seems to resemble a uh, pinball machine. We have three accidents now on 75. Two of them, southbound 75, the first one you come to is at Galbraith, uh, just south of Galbraith, an accident, southbound 75, in the center lane, and then a little farther south, southbound 75 at Mitchell on the right shoulder, an accident, and then on the other side of the road, northbound 75, north of Hopple, an accident on the right side. We still have an accident, Millsbray at Robertson. Delays on 71, off and on, between Dana and Pfeiffer, northbound, southbound Between Redding and the Lytle Tunnel over on 75, of course, slow because of those accidents, but uh, heavy nonetheless uh, approaching the Brent Spence Bridge. And northbound 75 slows off and on between Paddock, uh, to Paddock, and then between Shepherd and 275. Your forecast this evening, clear early on, but late tonight some clouds and then a chance of rain. In fact, rain likely tomorrow all day off and on with a high of 55, chance of precipitation 100% tomorrow. That'll continue through tomorrow night. Then Friday, sunny again, but cooler, a high around 50. We warm up to about 60 on Saturday. Then our next chance of rain on Sunday. And then looking ahead to next week, Monday and Tuesday, partly cloudy. Uh, Wednesday, mostly sunny, a high of 62. So uh, often on uh, rain this time of year. Right now it's 64 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Coming up later this evening, WMKV puts its best musical foot forward tonight. At 8 p.m. after Mystery Playhouse, its hit parade highlights. At 9 o'clock tonight, Don't Miss In Concert. And at 10 p.m., Barbershop Harmony, followed at 11 by Music Till Midnight. Your favorites are right here every day on 89.3 FM, WMKV, the way radio was and is meant to be.
2: Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vena Jones-Cox, and it's question and answer week. You can send questions via askvena at gmail.com or by calling 772-9658 or by calling 877-772-9658. If you're listening from outside the Cincinnati area, as is Scott in St. Paul, Scott says, what are your thoughts on comping market value when you don't have enough comps based on your initial search? Possibly expanding the search radius, adjusting the footage downward, or looking at lesser bedroom properties with equivalent footage. Um Scott, you're you're talking about a problem that um is, is fairly common right now, that we want to find out what our house might sell for, and we can't because when we do a search we find only one other fixed up house in the whole neighborhood that has sold in the past year or so and one comp does not a value make um, I feel most comfortable if I have about five comps minimum for any given property um, three if they're within the same range you know if I have three that are like one thirty, 130, one thirty-one, 131 and 132 I feel pretty good about the value being like you know 130 ish so uh, the the problem that you're having uh, is not uncommon because many of the sales that are going on right now are not the kind that we need to look at, which is fixed up properties. They're more along the lines of junkers, bank owns, sheriff sales, all kinds of non-arm's length transactions. Uh, when this happens to me, I typically do not expand the search radius because you know, I, I search within a half a mile to start with. And if I'm looking out a mile, I'm very often getting into completely different neighborhoods, and that doesn't help me. Uh, The only exception is if I'm in a rural area, I'll go out four or five miles if I have to. If the houses are all on 10-acre lots, I'm not going to find anything in half a mile. I do adjust the square footage downward because I figure if uh, a house has 400 less square feet than mine and sold for a certain price, then I can be pretty secure that mine's worth that or more. Uh, I also will look at fewer bedrooms, as you said, with the, with the same square footage. I will also look at fewer rooms. As a matter of fact, I prefer that. It, I I would rather use a five-room, three-bedroom to compare to my six-room, three-bedroom than use a six-room, two-bedroom to compare to my six-room, three-bedroom because, of course, the five-room, three-bedroom, what it is lacking is a dining room. And again, if I can see what a five-room, three-bedroom sold for, and I've got a six-room, three-bedroom... I know that mine is worth that much plus a little bit of money. So uh, good question, Scott, and very timely. That is a that's a big issue uh going on right now. Um let's see here. Uh Steve in Cincinnati says some commentators are saying that there will be another downturn in housing prices. They say that double dip will come later this year or early next year. Do you think this will happen in the Midwest? And what impact will that have on real estate investing? You know, Steve, the commentators are so bad at putting all the moving pieces of the real estate market together into something coherent, that they completely miss that the market was going to crash and burn in 2006 and 2007 they completely missed the subprime you know implosion um i don't really have a lot of faith in what commentators have to say about the real estate market because by the way i predicted both of those things like you can you can go back and listen to real life real estate radio shows from 2004 and 2005 and hear me predicting exactly that uh and i don't have all their numbers to work with so You know, you could just just kind of tell things had gotten out of hand in both the real estate and the financing world. The reason that I usually see put forward when I'm reading about this supposed double dip is the shadow inventory of bank-owned properties. Uh, if If you just track the foreclosures, just say in Hamilton County or any county in the country, Versus the number of bank-owned properties that are on the market versus the number of foreclosure filings that have been done, you will notice that a lot more properties are going through or have gone through foreclosure than are actually on the market as bank-owned properties. And there's this whole theory out there that there's bazillions of bank-owned properties that have not been put on the market, and it is the bank-owned properties that have driven the house the house prices down, so uh that when this new shadow inventory gets dumped on the market, then by golly – uh we're going to have a second downturn in prices. However, I don't think the shadow inventory is going to get dumped on the market because, um, and and this gets into some 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 fairly complex uh, accounting rules. But basically, right now, the way that banks account for how much how much they have in assets is they they can leave a ba- they can leave a property on the books at the loan value until such time as they sell it. So if they loaned you $150,000 for your $100,000 house, they took it back and they don't sell it. Their books say that they have a $150,000 asset. When they sell it, they have to actually recognize the loss. So my feeling based on that is that uh what you are looking at is banks that are holding on to properties on purpose because they don't want to have to show their spreadsheets at the end of the year and say, look at all this money we lost. And I think if anything, they will probably keep trickling those out onto the market so that they can control the apparent losses on their books. And, um, you know, there's there's been some other things that have been holding up foreclosures, like uh, you know everybody's waiting for these new half a rules that that take a, take effect on April the first to come out, and you know all the banks were trying to see what they had to do to collect more money from the government for doing short sales and loan modifications. Uh, so that may have some effect on things, but I guess uh, in answer to your actual question, Steve, of do I think that we are going to have another downturn in housing prices? I would say the answer is no. Uh, particularly not in the Midwest, because uh, I just, I you know, I think we're kind of at the bottom and we're bouncing along. If you look at the month-to-month indicators about solds, prices, um, uh, how many properties have gone pending and so on, they're up one month and down one month, and up one month and down one month. And in the last three days, I have received four notifications from real estate agents saying that bank owned properties that I've made offers on are in multiple offers. And uh so, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that in the month of March the the prices in Cincinnati and also the number of sales in Cincinnati is going to be up and then in April when HUD puts its new rules in place for, uh, I'm sorry, when FHA puts its new rules in place, uh, they're probably going to go down a little bit again. But no, I don't think we're going to see another 20 or 30% drop in prices or even 10% drop in prices. I think we're just going to go along the bottom for another year or two. So thank you for your questions, Steve. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's question and answer week. And, um, it is, uh, your week to ask any question you want about real estate investing at askvina at gmail.com 877-772-9658 is the phone number if you're actually brave enough to pick up the phone and call and let's see we have a question here from Derek in memphis he says dear vina i was wondering if you had seen anyone successfully obtain the first time homebuyer tax credit utilizing a lease option or lease purchase I have a course on this but due to various circumstances selling on a land contract is not feasible right now the answer Derek is absolutely not the IRS has been very specific that it has to be a sale that involves transfer of equitable interest that involves the uh, buyer being responsible for repairs, maintenance, taxes, insurance etc and none of those things applies to a land contract so no you can't Sell on the first-time home buyer tax credit. Again, you can't sell on a lease option and get the first-time home buyer tax credit. Uh, all right, so we have a caller on line one. Tony, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Well,
1: uh, thanks, Dana.
0: Um, my question is, uh, with me being uh, a single father, I want to know um, some nights that I'm, you know, we have on
2: real me,
1: uh, I'm not a... Um, participate in the meetings because I have my son that particular week. I want to know, you know, is it still possible to develop a wholesale business if you're not able to go to the meetings? Um, all of the meetings, or what, what would you suggest?
2: Yeah, yes. Um, there are there are actually places in this country where there is no such thing as a real estate investors association. I know it's amazing because it seems like there's. There's one in every city that I that I ever go to. Of course, that's why I'm going to them is there's a RIA group there. But anyway, uh, and there are successful wholesalers in those markets. Uh, there are other ways to find buyers other than going to the RIA meetings. Uh, however, you should go whenever you can because it is good to have your face known and your name known. And people, people say, oh, yeah, that's Tony. I know him. I talked to him. Uh, Even if you can't come to every meeting, um, you also have to remember that many RIA groups, including Cincinnati, have subgroup meetings that happen at other times of the day and month other than the usual, you know, main meeting. Uh, I believe Cincinnati has four or five subgroups that occur, that that meet at different times of the month where you can go meet people. But there's other ways to find buyers too. Like, um, how about all these signs that are everywhere that say, I buy houses, Okay. I mean, shouldn't you be calling those people and saying, "Okay, what kind of house?" And and and, and do you really buy it, or are you a wholesaler? You need to come right out and ask them that question, because a lot of times they won't tell you that they're a wholesaler. And if they are a wholesaler, say, "Hey, have you got a big buyer's list?" Because if you do, uh, and I have a good deal, would you like try and sell it to someone on your buyer's list, and I'll give you half the profit? So there's 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 all sorts of ways to to build your buyer's list. Uh Rhea really happens to be the easiest one cuz that's where the biggest concentration of people who want to buy real estate are. Uh and again, you should definitely come to any meeting that you can, but there are other ways to do it too like like uh you know, the people that are advertising they buy houses go on Craigslist okay. and and search by buy houses and contact those people. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, Vina. All right. You're very welcome, Tony. Thank you so much for your call. It's Question and Answer Week here on Real Life Real Estate. You have about 10 minutes left to ask your question. The number is 877-772-9658. The email address is askvina at gmail.com. We'll be back right after this.
0: Program support comes from Community Services West, providing services for older adults and those who are disabled in western Hamilton County since 1926. Their services include personal consultants for seniors, transportation for personal errands, shopping and medical appointments, and delivery of hot, nutritious meals. Maybe you or a loved one has just returned from a rehabilitation center or a hospital stay or are experiencing health problems. You may be able to benefit from the services of Community Services West. 353 Zero one one to see how they can help
1: well good news one of the three uh accidents on i-75 is gone now so that's certainly good news the one that's south 75 at galbraith cleaned up still have one south 75 at mitchell however and north 75 north of hopple still in progress also millsbred robertson still have that accident but as far as the delays they're even starting to improve a little bit right now although northbound 75 out of downtown between harrison and paddock Uh, A little uh, exceptionally slow this afternoon. Your forecast tonight, partly cloudy early on, mostly cloudy late tonight. Tomorrow, a 100% chance of rain. Tonight's low will be around 48. Tomorrow's high, right around 55 degrees. Friday's high, only 50 degrees. But the sunshine should return on Friday and then be there for Saturday. Sunday, another chance of rain.
2: Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Another question and answer week is almost behind us. And you have not gotten your question in at AskVena at gmail.com or at 877-772-9658 or at 772-9658 if you are here in the greater Cincinnati area. I have a question here from Anera in Lawrenceburg indiana she says if you have a if you run out of questions <laughs> you could tell your listeners what you have learned about running an apartment building instead of single-family homes and what a listener should consider when they decide which of these they want to purchase um an is referring to a uh, an apartment building that i bought with some partners uh, back in july of last year and uh this, this one needed a whole lot of work um had about $100,000 in deferred maintenance, and therefore we were able to get it pretty cheaply. Um, And it has been an experience. Uh, The the tenants are different in apartment buildings. The rehab is different in apartment buildings. Um, You know, everything expands and gets bigger. The problems expand and get bigger. Uh, But on the other hand, it's kind of like having 13 single-family homes under one roof. So uh, the profits get bigger as well. I would say uh, the main thing that that affected this particular building and is that it is in a student housing market. It's about uh, four blocks from the University of Cincinnati, and the primary rental market for that building is students. And something that I discovered that I I guess I I kind I kind of expected that there was going to be a seasonality to that. I didn't realize how that was going to work. Um, obviously students are generally in school nine months a year. So I figured that we got it in July, July, August would be a really good time to rent properties. And what I discovered is students actually rent properties for the fall term in May. That's, that's when they, when they start. As a matter of fact, we are now close to being full for September, of next year of two, of 2010 we we've, we've got we've got almost every unit rented for September of 2010 mostly in the last 6 weeks these folks have come in and you know they all say yeah I want to rent an apartment I don't want to rent it until September now you don't get that in single family homes you don't get people looking in May to rent in September um so uh yeah that was that was a that was an interesting thing um to discover that the the rental season is kind of thrown so far out in the college areas um, there in estimating your costs on an apartment building. You have to keep in mind that there are special health and safety guidelines for multi-tenant properties like this. Uh, there have to be safety lights, you know, in in the hallways and in the uh, sometimes on the outside of the property. Uh, you have to keep all the doorways clear. There generally have to be two exits from uh, units, if possible, and you have to have like fire extinguishers hung up in the hallways um just stuff that oh the fire department comes through once a year and inspects everything and makes sure that it's all okay um, having people stacked on top of each other and this this is true of small multifamilies two, two and three units uh can sometimes cause some friction where two tenants start not getting along with each other over something you know. He says one thing, she says another thing, and pretty soon they're openly fighting. And expect you to come in and play mommy to them, uh, which typically doesn't happen in single-family homes. In single-family homes, if people have properties with or problems with their neighbors, uh, they are not living on top of them, so uh, you don't you don't get quite as much friction and quite as much of that sort of problem. Uh, but thank you for your question, Anera. Another question here. Oops, I shut it shut down my whole folder. Um let's see again not a question. Mm, yes. Uh here's one from well, there's not even a name. It came from a Blackberry device, Chopper Boy Chump. Is the <laughs> Okay, Chopper Boy. Uh the question is, can I listen to your radio show after it's over? On the internet, and um, I guess if you're not listening right now you 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 won't you won't know this, but yes, <laughs> you can go to iTunes and every week uh, the very competent and kind to do so Dave Schram posts the radio show from the previous week. Now we're a couple of weeks behind now because I understand that Dave is in Europe he's um fled the scene of the fun drive, which very often happens right after fun drive people decide to take their vacations so i think the the last one posted was about three weeks ago but I'm sure as soon as he gets back we will we will see we will see the rest of them being posted, but there's like a hundred there, so I think you'll have a uh i think you'll have a plenty plenty of back shows to look at. Uh, Question and answer, we've got about five more minutes and I got zero questions here in the email. AskVina at gmail.com or 877-772-9658 if you'd like to call in and uh, save me from five minutes of crickets. If you're in the greater Cincinnati area, 877-772-9658 would be the correct number to call. And you know what? I'm just I'm I'm not I'm I'm going to teach them a lesson. I'm just going to sit here quietly <laughs> until someone either calls or emails. All right, that doesn't that doesn't make for good radio, I guess. Who's going to
1: win the NCAA tournament? Bina?
2: There's an NCAA tournament. Okay, just got a question from Chu that says, "When is your next three-day event?" And uh, Chu, I'm not exactly sure which one you're referring to. But I'm going to take a wild guess that it's Real Estate 101, which, if you go to wmkvfm.org, you will see is coming up this weekend. It's actually only two-day in; It's March the 27th and 28th. And you can still pledge and receive the home study course right away. And if you can come on Saturday and Sunday, uh, you'll also receive a pass to do that or... The home study course comes with a pass to attend any time any place so uh, go to wmkvfm.org and uh, thank you for trying to rescue me with that question but unfortunately it was just too easy to answer um, let's see uh, I just found your podcast today and I can't stop listening <laughs> it's like an addiction My question is, could I get a copy of the newsletter about mastermind groups? That's from Eric in Poulsbo, Washington, P-O-U-L-S-B-O, Washington. And um, the answer, Eric, uh, Jason, um, and what what he's referring to is uh, every week, all the folks who are on my email list get this thing called the radio show e-letter, And again, it includes, you know, here's what's on, here's how you can ask questions, and an article that will help you out in some aspect of your real estate business. Today, the article was about uh, how to find rental comps, and we did one about mastermind groups. So what I'm going to do for you, Jason, is I am going to ask our resident social media expert to uh, dig up that article and post it on real life com because uh, it is it is a very valuable thing to set up a mastermind group and uh, there are certain ways in which it should be set up uh, there's certain expectations that the members should be able to have of one another oh here's a good one this is from Kevin in Columbus he says if you Vena only had $1,000 to spend on marketing, how would you invest it? Hmm. I assume, Kevin, that you're talking about marketing for deals, that you're not talking about trying to market for renters or buyers or things like that, that you are looking for a deal. And the question you pose is, if there was $1,000 in the whole world, how would I spend that on marketing? And the answer is it would definitely be direct mail. I would definitely find a list of some sort, uh, preferably one I did not have to pay for, one that I could get online or maybe at the courthouse, something like, oh, I don't know, people who've had foreclosures filed on them or people who um, have inherited properties or evicted tenants. And then I would create a nice little letter or postcard and I would directly address their issue. I would say, you know, being in foreclosure is not a good experience, but I can help you through it. I can buy your house. I can keep your credit from being completely ruined. Call me and I would mail those out because direct mail in terms of the quality of response that you get, in other words, who's really a motivated seller, and also the sheer number of responses that you can get is, in my experience, better than any kind of what we call shotgun marketing, like bandit signs ads in the paper, things like that. So thank you very much for your question, Kevin. You've been listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We will be back next week to put you, give you even more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. So until then, happy investing.
0: Live the memories and love the memories. All the music, uh, I'm even liking some of the talk type shows. The uh, station has improved with the years. What we're doing is I think we're making the station go in the direction it should be going. It's great.
2: 89.3 FM, WMKV,
0: Reading, Ohio. Hell,
2: this is hell living on this street. You got to deal with people out here shooting in the broad daylight. Hell, they profound statements
0: in the wake of Cincinnati's fifth murder in five days. Good evening. I'm Dan Carroll.
2: I'm Kimberly Holmes in for Tricia Mackey. The latest killing outside the Hale Apartments in Avondale.
0: Fox 19's Brad Underwood, live at District 4 headquarters. He joins us with the very latest. Brad? Well, good evening, Dan. We are here in Avondale outside the Hale Apartment building, and for the second day in a row, police are on a hunt for a murder suspect. And just to give you an idea of the layout here in the neighborhood, the victim came out of this red building, stumbled...